second week of ordinary time, we're already beginning, and the church invites us to contemplate a couple things this week. The first one really is, I guess, the, the great umbrella is the mystery of faith. How is it that people come to believe? Why is it that certain people can be in the same situation, perhaps even siblings, and one will have faith and the other won't. Both raised the same way, blah, blah, blah. So we have to think about the mystery of, of how faith is received, how it's transmitted. And it begins with uh, today's readings by thinking about how you and I, assuming we have faith, that's why you would risk your life and limb to come here on such a blustery day, um, we were doing so good with winter, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we have think about, you know, in, in our 75th anniversary as a parish, how do we pass on the faith? It's not, it's, it's not acceptable for us just to simply sit back and say, well, you know, not everyone wants Jesus. I understand that that's true, but we have to still do our part to introduce people to Jesus and introduce Jesus to people, just as someone did it for us. You know, original sin is such that we, we don't automatically get it. It has to be uh, an introduction. And how do we make those introductions? How do we bring people to Jesus? It's not by force and fear, but certainly there is a part that we play. You know, I always go back to the, the thought of a a young man and woman who are romancing, you know, someone brings them together, a chemistry takes place, uh, the table is set, candles are lit, soft music in the background. Something, right? There's an atmosphere that helps bring about a click, a connection. And you and I are called to do that with Christ. And how is that done? We have two examples today of mentorship, I would call it. A good mentor from our Old Testament, a bad mentor, excuse me, and a good mentor from the New Testament. So the church is showing us there are options. We all are an example. We all do mentor. It's not a matter of you need to mentor. We already are. People are watching how we live our life and what we say whether we're hypocrites, just mouthing words, or whether we're actually trying, entering in. And, and we all can tell fakes, right? When you're sitting there talking about, you know, Super Bowl stuff, and someone's spouting off what they know, and I come along and inform them, you all know Nevins gets it. He is the, the sports person of this parish. I mean, what sport doesn't he know? You can see right through it. If it's fake, we know. We've, we've encountered people that, you know, they're, they're not living it. It's just it's a mouth-talking head. And that's in religion, that's in sports, that's in your own workplaces. You know that. People, you think, how were they ever hired? They don't know the first thing about finance or the first thing about, you know, automotive repair. How'd they end up here? So we, we're not stupid. We can see through it. And, and faith is the same. So first and foremost, we have to make sure we have it. 
And we're doing everything in our power to continue to have it. We can lose it. It's a gift. It's not a guarantee. Every morning we wake up, we have to recommit to the Lord because original sin being what it is is going to try and pull us down. The effects of original sin anyway, for those of us who are baptized, the effects linger. So let's look at Samuel for a minute here and Eli. Eli is the master. Eli is the priest. And you know, uh, recall when we closed out last liturgical year and began, so the, the crossover with Advent, those readings were all about end times. And what was the prominent image that Jesus gave? You're either awake or asleep. The Son of Man is going to come when you don't expect it. And some were awake and, and, and responded, and some were sleeping and missed the boat. Don't let that uh, image of sleeping uh, pass by with today's reading. Because after all, it says Samuel and Eli were in the temple asleep. You want to spend the night here tonight? What are you doing sleeping in the temple? I mean, God is present. So that, remember, the temple wasn't built at this point. It's just the, the, the tent with the tabernacle. And the people, because they were kind of nomads, were, whenever they up and moved to the next location, winter, Florida, make sure you take God with you. And that's the tent moves with you. God stays with his people. So here they are. They're at Shiloh. And Eli is supposed to be mentoring Samuel to become a prophet. But it says they were sleeping. Eli is a bad priest. He's a very bad priest. And right after this passage here, when Samuel has his relationship with the Lord, which we just heard a little bit about, uh, all of a sudden now God is going to tell him, you need to go to Eli and call him out. Whoa. Uh, you know, have you ever had to do that? Go to your parents and say, you know, it's, it's time to get our act together, mom and dad. You're, you're not going to live forever, and what, what's next? We have to do it. It's our job. And that's exactly what Samuel is going to be called to do for Eli. Eli, you, you were always in the temple. You did the job, but you didn't know God. God called three times, and you had no idea who it was. That's not a good sign. Finally, God worked through Eli, even despite his, his brokenness and his bad priesthood. And the third time, well, if you hear it again, it's God. Go, go tell him that you're here to do his will. Well, Eli, maybe you should do the same. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Think about how, you know, some of us were raised. Don't cheat. Meanwhile, they're cheating. Don't smoke. That's what I grew up with. Don't, don't you smoke. If I catch you smoking. <coughs> oh, that's a great example. <laughs> you know. Be nice to the cat. <laughs> so, again, we can see through people when they're fake. And, and we're called to be people of integrity. The lives that are integrated. What we say what we believe, what we do. 
So this is the situation with Eli and Samuel. He's a bad mentor, a bad example. Says it all, he's doing it all, dresses the part, he shows up for work, but he doesn't love God, doesn't have a relationship with God. We all know that you can know an awful lot about God or an awful lot about people, but not really know them. Right? We can quote, ah, son of Mary, son of Joseph, carpenter for a little while, travel the world, you know, the world that was the world at that time, call people to follow him. Yeah, but do you know him? Have you met him? Last week's homily? It's a good one. Certainly, the second reading gives us pause to think about in, in relation to Samuel now having a conversion and having to go back to speak to his own master or teacher, mentor, about him not living the life. Think about our current culture and listen to what Paul is saying. Your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit. How many in our world right now want to say the body is just nothing? You know, it's just an appendage. It's like, you know, a barnacle on a ship that we try to shake off or we have to lug around with us. And we, you know, as if it's not part of God's plan? No, it is part of God's plan. When you and I rise from the dead, which we all will, we will rise in the current body you have. If you don't like it, do something about it. I mean, that's easy for me to say, I know, you know, how can you go bad with this? But, you know, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should be taking care of it. It's not something that we can say, oh, well, you know, we're just pure spirits. You know, we love Jesus and we don't need to worry about the body. No, you do. It's, it's who we are. And that's how we will know each other. Only it will be perfected. And Jesus is still in his body. The crucified, but perfected, glorified. And so will you and I. So what we do in the body, with the body, through the body, is part of who we are as Christians. And we need to be speaking that to our current world. The good mentor now. Let's get to the good one. John the Baptist. Which is so funny, right? Because you look at him and you say, what a freak. I mean, the guy is clothed in camel hair. He's eating insects, lives in the desert. Does he even have any friends? And yet he's the one. Jesus walks by, and he doesn't have to three times have Jesus walk by. He walks by and immediately, behold the Lamb of God. This is the one you want to follow. Leave me and go follow. Just... It, he knows. He has a relationship with the living God. And so when God's promise comes to fulfillment because he is awake, alert, looking, seeking, when it happens, he knows it. Do we? And are we willing to say, that's the one. Follow him. Do whatever it takes. Get close to him. Be his friend. Rabbi, where are you staying? He's not talking about real estate. <laughs> you know, again, it's like sleeping or being awake. It isn't literally, you know, oh, they're sleeping in the temple. It's an image of the spiritual disposition. So where are you staying? Where are you? Where's your 
foundation? Where's your being, your existence? What is it with you? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Or are you shifting, moving around, uncertain yourself? Where are you staying? Come and you will see. This is what Jesus is telling all of us this morning. He's inviting us into his life, his mission, his work. And then what does he do? He gives us a mission. And he changes our name. We should know this from baptism, from confirmation. The church asks us to do the same. Look at someone that you, you admire, you think highly of. You know, a saint, a hero in the faith. That's someone I want to be like. I want to have those qualities. I want to try and live them out in my own life. You are Simon, son of John. Not anymore. Not since we met. Now you're Peter. The Lord has given us all work to do. As we celebrate our 75th as a parishioners, we have to say, you know, are we mentoring the next generation? The school is a good start. I love our school. I'm so proud of our school. But we all know an institution is there to support and encourage and to be a second voice to what we're already doing in the home. It's not to be the only voice. And, and when we get into that mindset that, well, the institution will do it, no. No, the institution won't do it. The institution will, will either reinforce what is happening in the home or our children are going to come out with conscience issues. Mom, teacher said today they wanted to know what the homily was about. We didn't go to church. And they said, you know, if you don't go to church, it's a mortal sin. And if you're in the state of mortal sin when you die, you don't go to heaven. That is a conflict for a young child. Now, maybe we all don't believe that anymore. I don't know. But it's something that we should start thinking about. Because if we believe in it, then we're going to be like John the Baptist. We're going to be awake. We're going to be alert. And we're going to introduce the Lord to as many people as we can. Because we realize what's at stake. If we don't, then we'll just keep doing what we've always done, like Eli. You just keep doing your job, and pretty soon there won't be any people left, and we can all retire, and it'll be nice. Or will it? Let's ask the Holy Spirit today to help us be like John the Baptist, ready, alert, watching, so that when Jesus comes, we can point him out, introduce him to the people we love so much.